Hello, everyone. Welcome to our Inspiring Thoughts podcast. Uh, we're very lucky with our special guest uh, today, which is Anna Ong. Uh, and just to introduce uh, Anna, Anna is a creator and host of What's Your Story Slam. She's a storyteller, a communications coach, uh, and an applied improvisation facilitator. So, um, Anna, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me here, Stephen. Yeah. The power of LinkedIn. <laughs> Yes, the power of LinkedIn, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's fantastic. Um, and first of all, Anna, I'm going to hand over in a minute. Anna's had um, questions sent to me already. So seven questions, which we'll go through today to give kind of preparation. Uh, we're going to get Anna to talk about her career history. Um, but Anna, where are you coming in from today? So we can share with the audience. So uh, I'm coming in from uh, Singapore, hot and sunny Singapore. Yeah. And just before we come on air today, Anna said she had to turn the air conditioning on, whereas I'm in Kent in England at six degrees. So you can tell the difference between what we're wearing and the climate. So, Anna, thank you so much. And I know it's later in the afternoon. So, um, Anna, just to tell our kind of listeners, would you just share your career history with us before we go into the questions? Sure. Uh, so I am an ex-banker turned storyteller. That would be probably my five second introduction. Uh, I've had a, uh, my entire career has always been in banking until 2016 when I decided to quit my job, move to South America to learn Spanish and dance, which I call my living la vida loca years. Uh, after I got tired of dancing, I decided to move to the United States where I thought I wanted to work in fintech, but it turns out fintech is banking with hoodies and joggers. So I decided to try my hand at comedy instead, uh, where I discovered the world of improvisation, which for me, improvisation is like dancing, but with words. And through improv, I've discovered the world of storytelling, which is a not so funny version of stand-up comedy. And after that, I was hooked. Uh, I decided it was my mission to promote the power of personal narratives here in Asia, where people don't like to talk about themselves. Yeah, and uh, thank you. Anna and I both have a, a banking background, so um, uh, I was lucky enough to come out in 2019 and do something like my passion uh, that I kind of love, which is about coaching, developing people, leadership, uh, and mediation. So what I call kind of positive move forwards, which I know we, we do look at storytelling. So um, Anna, if we pop into the questions and start off today. So um, how did you get into storytelling? I know you gave us a brief career history, but how did you get into it? Uh, it started through improv, actually, because in improv, um, one of the exercises is like finding a uh, personal anecdote. And when I first got into it, I thought all these Americans, they like to overshare. And but it was through improv on stage when uh, my team was performing that I told my very first story. And the moment I, I was under the spotlight in center stage and I was telling my story to an audience, that was when it hit me. Like, I fell in love with it. This is what I was meant to do. I was meant to tell stories. I didn't, it, it felt more like a calling for me. That, uh, like, I swear to God, like, that moment felt like the word that I would describe is ecclesiastical, because I swore I heard angels singing when I started telling stories. Uh, that was that that was the moment that kinship for me that I knew this was the path for me and there was no other way forward. Yeah. And how so how that. powerful to get that feeling as well to do something that and kind of um that wave over you to say this is this is my kind of 
destiny to do something that I'm meant to be um, and how did it feel being on stage for the first time because uh, you know that's one of the biggest phobias isn't it people standing presenting yeah. how did you, how did that feel so it's it's funny because until that moment I rarely go up on stage I mean I don't even like making presentations in school uh, but when you're telling a personal story there is something about being able to connect with the audience and I felt instead of judgment I felt love, like I felt the acceptance of the audience. And I think that's like one big difference about storytelling versus other forms of public speaking is that people are not expecting to be entertained. They are just grateful that you're so brave to be sharing something personal. Yeah. And, it, and that, that, I love that that phrase then about grateful, that people, you're sharing personal anecdotes, stories, et cetera. And you're letting people into your life, aren't you, through the storytelling, uh, which I find really powerful. And I think people are appreciative and they're not judging you. They just want to hear your story and your life, isn't it? That's what they're looking for as the audience. Yes. Uh, they want to hear uh, what's going on in your life, but also because then it allows them to reflect back on their own life and see yes. aspects of themselves in your life. Yeah, yes. It's it's a really good self-reflection, isn't it? Uh, kind of for that person to really look deeper into themselves about what they'd like to do or what's inspired those, uh, those people or colleagues. So what, what is the purpose for you in, in, your, in your words or phrases, Anna, about what is the purpose of storytelling? Why do it? So for me, storytelling in terms of personal narrative yeah. uh, for me is the purpose is to connect, to engage, to inspire, not just with others, but also with yourself. Because yeah. when you start reflecting on your own stories, putting it into paper, sharing it out, you realize you're a lot more interesting than you think. Like yes. I, I remember before I even started, like, who would want to hear my stories? But then, you know, even a city as jaded as New York, people were paying tickets to hear me talk about my experiences. So it, you, you realize that you're a lot more interesting than you think. And yeah. it allows you to see your life with more interest. And if you think about it, allows you to be more open to taking more risks and trying something new. Because if anything else, you'll come up with a great story. Yeah, yeah. And even if it goes wrong, you've got a good story, haven't you? For later exactly. on about you've tried. Uh, and I, I always believe that um, this is just a Steveism. Life's really short. We should try and make the most of everything we do while we're on this earth. Um, and it, things are going to be scary and challenging, but you always look back and go, oh, I'm really pleased I did that. And it might have gone wrong, but you learn by it uh, from those kind of purposes. That's that's kind of my Steveism. Yeah, I think um, similarly, like some people say, like the only regrets people really regret are the chances they never took. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, spot, absolutely spot on. Uh, and I know we've touched on already, but what would you see as the really clear benefits of storytelling as a leader, as a person? What would you see the real benefits are of storytelling? As a person, it's very therapeutic. Yeah, good. I would say it's cheaper than therapy sometimes because it helps you figure out who you are. Yeah. As a leader, it helps you inspire, but also articulate your own vision. Yeah. If you're able to tell a story as to how you see the future, it allows you to see, to almost know what the next step is yeah. in terms of the process and also to inspire others to follow you. Yeah. 
And I could see then uh, when people watch um, the podcast back as well, they may not, if they're listening to it, they won't be able to see it. But when I've just seen Anna's eyes look in to that future of a kind of clear purpose, clear vision to inspire people, you could just see uh, Anna kind of demonstrating that kind of really looking forward approach. Um, so why should we encourage storytelling? So in homework, why should we encourage storytelling? So we should encourage storytelling because it allows us to see people beyond the boxes. We love yeah. to give labels to people. Yeah. We like to say banker, storyteller, artist, slacker, you know. But when we hear people's stories, we realize that while outside we look very different, our experiences are very different, our upbringings are very different, but inside we're all very similar. We share the same hopes, dreams, and fears. In yeah you know, different priorities, but inside we're all the same. We all have the same concerns. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would say that's the important story time because we celebrate diversity as well yeah. as our common our commonality through stories. Yeah. And I really love that, that we're, we are all the same, aren't we? We've all got skin, we've all got bones, etc. We've all got feelings. Um, so to kind of share our stories and our views. Uh, and and I, I just kind of probably slightly go off, but um, mm. you've traveled the world and we know that you've gone to multiple different countries and that. Do, how do you see um, people being braver in certain countries or like telling their stories or more open? Do you notice a difference in cultures about people being open with their stories? Yes, I would say definitely in the West, and I would say probably like the United States in particular, yeah. everyone's very open about sharing their story, their yeah. personal journeys and all that stuff. Uh, I think it, in the UK, they're a little bit more reserved. They're open to share, but they don't want to share anything too personal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but they're still open to share. Uh, in Asia, um, in Latin America, everybody likes to share and tell stories. Yeah. Um, like, you know, it's like, you know, everybody's family. Um, I think I find that in, in Asia, it's interesting because I think East Asians are more reserved about sharing personal, yeah. but the Southern Asians are a bit more open about it. Uh, I would say in within Southeast Asia, which is my area of specialty, um, the Philippines, they're more open. The storytelling yeah. is part of the culture. The Indians, oh my God, it's also part of their history. Yeah. Um, however, uh, in say uh, Northeast Asia, they're much more reserved. They don't yeah. want to talk about uh, feelings. They don't want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, they they only want to talk about successes, but yes. not failures. Yeah. So it's it's a, it's also about framing. Yeah. So which because they don't want to show weakness. Yeah. So 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 hence they'd rather not tell stories or they'd rather just not just give out any information at all. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's isn't it fascinating about different countries and, and I've worked with people globally and there is a, there's a difference of how people communicate, how they listen, how they're respectful. Um, and you can see that. Um, so what, what's the most powerful, not to share people's names, et cetera, but what's the most powerful story that you've heard that's resonated with you for the learning, connecting, innovation, inspiration? What's been the most powerful for you, Anna, that you've heard? Oh, so many. Um, I would say in terms of the most powerful stories, I think, are when people are not afraid to own their flaws. 
uh, when it it I won't say like they celebrate it, but they acknowledge it that it's yeah. part of who they are. Um, whether it's a uh, learning disability yeah. or whether it's about being, um, uh, like you know, straying from a marriage. Yeah. The fact that you know, owning that at human aspect yeah. of yourself and embracing it, uh, and not feel. I would say not feel shameful about it because it is still uh part it it helped make you who you are. I find those stories are very, very powerful. Also yeah. in terms of acknowledging like change of um viewpoints. Like so one of the most uh one of the stories that haunted me actually was a story recently told at my show where this guy talks about moving from Dubai to Mumbai and it was being in the city when um Mumbai had its worst flood, one of the worst floods yeah. in history, and witnessing a country that's normally divided come together yeah. and you know talk about how much he hated the place. And then in the end, when he was with he was right there in the middle, yeah. he witnessed the kindness of strangers that yeah. he realized how he fell in love yeah. with the, the the city. And I related to that story so much because I was, uh, I also in a moment of my life, I was in Mexico when they had this massive earthquake back in 2017. And I witnessed a, a country normally divided by social economic status. They all came together to help the victims of the earthquake. And, you know, I was a reluctant volunteer because I was just dropping off a donation. They thought I was there to volunteer, mix up of language. So ended up working there for a few hours, you know, packing grocery bags so that the guys in motorbikes can deliver them. So it, and it, it's something that's beautiful to see yeah. that made you like where people are forced when, to see a city that where everyone's normally selfish, yeah. that people can become selfless even for that short moment. Yeah. And I, I kind of, um, resonate that about selflessness about people when there is a uh, a problem an issue etc how people can come together and be kind um and i believe being kind is a really good trait just if that's my own personal opinion about you can be kind to people and you can work people and you can help people um, and it makes me feel good when i do things that help others uh but that's an absolutely fantastic story and also so many people have gone through if you think about the world the um disasters yeah. and issues um, and especially now in recent times again people people are going through how people come together which is amazing isn't it so it if is. i took into um the next question we're looking at uh, we've already we t touched on already, but what does Y W Y S H stand for? T could you tell everybody oh. what, what's it all stand for? I know I touched on briefly, but what's it all mean, Anna? What what so, is it about? So the name of my company is Swish, which is W Y S H, and I say two things. One, it stands for "What's Your Story, Huh?" is an acronym, but also when some people go, "So how do I pronounce your company?" I go, "It's Swish with a Y." Because all our stories starts off with our why. Ah, good, very good. And where did you come about to get that? Where did how did oh. you come come about that's that acronym or name? So I was sitting in a cafe when I was thinking about my company name, and I was like, "Oh, what's your?" I wanted something around what's your story, but then yeah. I go, I didn't want the company this the short name to be with because I, that doesn't sound right. Yeah. I got I wanted wish, but then what's an H? So I got. Well, what's your story, huh? Because yeah. in Singapore, uh, they sometimes like to um, 
uh, end everything a question with huh. Yeah. So I go, oh well, what's your story, huh? It just made me giggle. So I go, you know what? We'll just do this. We'll yeah, yeah call it our company wish, and that's what it stands for. Oh, fantastic! And um, what is the um, uh, purpose of wish? What What is the purpose of wish? So the purpose of wish is to help people be better communicators using um, techniques from theater, so storytelling and improv in particular, uh, to use um, experiential games. Uh, to get people out of their heads. So instead of like lecturing on the board, I have them play everything is all game-based. Yeah. So that, because uh, when you're playing, you're 100% in it and you don't yeah. even realize that you're learning and you stop being self-conscious yeah. about yeah. it. And, and, and I can, um, uh, the, the best um, workshops training I've ever had is where I've had fun it's challenged me. I've come out. It's been different. Um, uh, and I know that you run a multitude of workshops for clients uh, to kind of help them uh, really come out of themselves and develop from a communication point of view and also an improvisation point of view. Um, so to follow on, what, the next bit is um, you've got What's Your Story Slam? What's that about? Okay, so What's Your Story Slam is a storytelling competition. So it all started when I first moved back to Singapore. Um, so... I was looking for a place for me to tell stories because I wanted to tell stories on stage, but there was none. Uh, The only place I could find was stand-up comedy open mic nights where the organizers would say, I'm welcome to come. But the audience for stand-up comedy and storytelling are not the same because stand-up comedy, they're like, go ahead, make me laugh. You're not that funny. Can you get to the joke faster? But I'm not telling jokes. I'm telling you a story. I'm being vulnerable here. Uh, So... I kept complaining to my friends. And at that time, I just moved back from the U.S. And so I keep flying back to the U.S. because that's where I was getting work. And I would schedule my trips around shows where I could perform or watch shows because I missed that. And so one of my friends suggested, well, what's stopping you from starting your own show? So that's when I I decided to try out What's Your Story Slam. However, I have seen the quality of stories here in Singapore. And I wanted people to see what good storytelling is all about so it's a curated storytelling competition where i work with each storyteller in terms of crafting their story and then they deliver it on stage the audience still gets to judge on the winning story but this isn't an open mic where people can just at random go and tell stories because i want to make sure that there is a certain level of quality involved uh and intention when people are telling stories because one when you're telling your story, you're being vulnerable. And I want to make sure to set you up for success that you have the audience undivided attention. And then, so, and I want to make sure that you work hard for it too. The audience is giving me two hours of their time to watch this event. I want to make sure it's worthy of their time. I can give them their money back, no problem. But I can't give them their two hours back. Yeah. So, and for me, time is a precious gift for both the storyteller and the uh, audience. And I want to make sure it's worth them taking time out of their busy schedule to work on this and to deliver this. So that's why uh, I'm a bit very handsy when it comes to uh, the show. Um, But so far we've been uh, doing well. What's your story, Sam? Could not think of a more original name because at the time I was, it was supposed to be a one, one and done, but now we're turning four. Yeah. 
which is fantastic. And I saw, I think, um, again, on LinkedIn, I think this morning I saw um, another, um, you were looking for more guests to come on, I think, of a new one coming up. Was it yeah. the Valentine's one coming up? It's, it's a Valentine's special. And I think this is probably where people are a little bit afraid because I'm asking them to be vulnerable because the theme yeah. is love hers. And I do not believe anybody who tells me they have no story around that theme. That's just that's a cop out yeah. but but, ba- but basically not a lot of people are very comfortable in sharing yeah. things that make them hard sing because I mean I think even you doing the podcast is inspired yeah. by love the yeah. love of what you do the love of helping yeah. others so I call BS of people who say I have no story about love yeah and and the thing is, we all have a story about love, doesn't it? And just to echo what you said there, you know, as human beings, we, we all have a story about, um, you know, good love, bad love. We've all been through it, haven't we? Yeah. And, yeah. and, and loving something so much that it hurts is also part of what love hurts is. And I go, yeah. Or just love the idea of love. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say it's always very temporary. So at the end of it, it all, it all ends the same. Yeah, it just depends yeah. on how you decide to end the story. Yes, yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, on a personal note, um, I always ask um, uh, the the uh, people that we have come on for their pod on the podcast is what what self development are you working on for twenty twenty three? What's personal for Anna that you're working on? I am learning how I am getting back to learning how to ride the bicycle. I can do a lot of things. Riding on two wheels is not one of them, but uh, I, uh, I, it's 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 something that has been frustrating me for a few years. Um, but I have signed up for an expedition that involves a bicycle ride, so and I have that expedition in April, <laughs> so I only have a few months to learn how to ride a bicycle, yeah. <laughs> and then next that I will learn how to ride a motorbike. Oh wow. That's the ultimate goal is learning how to ride a motorbike because I think in all the little islands here in Asia, yeah. the best way to explore it is through a motorbike. Yeah. And I'm tired of having a guy drive the motorbike. I want to be able to drive it myself. Yeah. So uh, so that's that's part two of the yeah. self-development goal. Yeah. And it's, um, it's fantastic. The, the, the bit there I love is that personal bit. Uh, it's not work-related. It's about... Actually, I'd like to personally learn how to ride a bike. So it's shown vulnerability because people could say, well, you know, can't ride a bike. Like with me, I'm trying to learn to swim this year. I can mm. swim, but I'm not a very good swimmer. I can't seem to breathe properly. I can't get yeah. it right. And so I'm learning. I'm going to have lessons about how to swim properly for no apparent reason. It's just I'd like to do it. I think it looks nice yeah. and good and healthy and fitness, those kind of things. But it's nice and- to- I think people working on self-development isn't always about work-related. It's about personal yeah. inner self. Yeah. I mean, you will just want to be comfortable in the water. Yeah. Right? Yeah, definitely. So and literally where I live, I'm surrounded by water. So I would like to, during the summer, be able to swim safely. I think that's what I'd like to yeah. do as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's, that's a great goal because I did that. Um, I uh, took, I had to relearn how to swim because I wanted to learn this new swim technique that allows you to be able to swim for hours at sea, at open sea. And that was a goal that I was working on for a while, um, was to learn that swim technique. 
No, fantastic. So, um, Anna, how can people contact you, um, say hello, join you? What's the best method that if people would like to, you know, get more advice about kind of um, storytelling or work with you? How is the best way they can contact you? So um, I have a website. Um, so it's www.anna-ong.com or they can look for me on LinkedIn. But then my name is so common. There might be a million people on LinkedIn. <laughs> So maybe my website might be the best way to find me first. Yeah. Uh, and please, all I would say to people listening today, please reach out to Anna. She's been fantastic. And since I've connected, uh, I think it was this year we connected or late last year we connected. Late last, uh, been really yeah. great. And also the the, uh, the posts that uh, Anna put uh, puts online are really inspiring. So um, Anna, can I just say, time's flown today, uh, today on our podcast. It's been so um, really kind of... Um, enlightening inspiring uh really showing the importance of storytelling i just want to say i wish you all the best for 2023 and i know our paths will cross again but i just want to say thank you for joining the podcast today uh, and good luck with um riding your bike as well so thank you ever so much anna thank you for having me no it's been fun like i feel very energized after our conversation thank you <laughs>